Welcome to 2019 and the first edition of the Ramp Check Podcast for um, 2019. <laughs> I'm Tony. Happy New Year. This is Ryan. And this is Aaron Rumfollow. I'll throw the Rumfollow in there. I don't know. Did Tony say that? Anyway. I, yes, Happy New Year. I don't know if I did or not, but I probably didn't because, well, you know, youngest brother always gives me shit for doing it, so I decided not to do it this year by turning over a new leaf for 2019. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, do we need to start this podcast over? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no? I feel like all of our intros are kind of like this. Oh, we sound awful. They're kind anyway. of shaky. We're a little out of practice. It's been a few weeks. We uh, we all celebrated Christmas with our families and rang in the new year. And um, yeah, so we'll get back in the rhythm here in about uh, oh, eight or nine minutes into the podcast. <laughs> like Usually, we always yeah. do anyway. <laughs> so. Right, exactly. And I, I, I think you probably... Um, should tell all the ladies listening to the podcast that you're off the market now, like officially, officially, right? Um, <laughs> why? As a matter of fact, I am. Yep i <laughs> it's it's official. I no longer have a girlfriend. I now have a fiance. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations, brother. Well, thank you very much. Yep. Yeah, congratulations. I can hear. A big group exhale from all the women of the world. <laughs> what the hell do you mean by that? <laughs> Nothing. Let's continue. No, I'm just, yes. just giving you shit. Congratulations, brother. You, you, you guys are good for each other and wish you nothing but long life and happiness. And as I'm doing that, I'm acting like I'm giving someone a toast with my McDonald's Coke. <laughs> oh, nice. Well, thank you. You guys don't want to hear the story? I, I'm just kidding. No, you don't. Uh, all, all I'm going to say is, is we went down to Vegas for New Year's. Um, it was my first time, her first time. Have you guys ever been down to Vegas for New Year's? Nope. No. And, you know, like the two biggest places in the United States are like New York and Times Square, where... It's so friggin' cold, and there's like a billion people, and even though there's a billion people, you're still freezing your nuts off, and you just doesn't look like a good time to me. And uh, one thing I discovered about Vegas is there's a million people there, and you're still freezing your nuts off. <laughs> but, uh, well, it's I mean, it can get pretty cold in the desert in the middle of winter, which New Year's Eve is in the middle of winter. Right, but... You know, I've lived down here in the desert for so long. It's it's like, I don't know, 42 degrees feels sub-zero now to me, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Because it was in the high 30s. I, my God, I, I remember when, because, you know, I was born and raised here in Utah, just like you guys were. And I remember moving to Arizona and working the ramp at Phoenix Mesa Gateway. The first summer I was down there, I literally thought I was going to die. 
Oh, I, I don't <laughs> doubt it. it. So it was so hot. And then I'd go visit Utah after that. And Utah would be like a, I don't know, a 50 degrees or something. And I seriously felt like I was in the Arctic. It was crazy how your body acclimates. Well, and I would think that like your first winter down there on the ramp, it's January and it's like 53 degrees and everybody else is all bundled up in like 12 different layers. And you're out there in shorts and a t-shirt. This is wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly how it was. That's funny. (laughs) But, But yeah, getting back to Vegas really quick, we had a wonderful time. Um if you're if you're on the east coast okay fine go to new york but if you're out here west uh, and you get a chance just do it once just um you know add it to the bucket list and uh get it done it was fun we we had a really good time and uh apparently uh the proposal at midnight as the fireworks were going off was a complete surprise so i'm just patting myself on the back for uh complete success (laughs) very nice nicely done yeah so so what'd she say (laughs) um oh yeah she she said she said (laughs) brothers don't shake hands brothers got a hug anyway well the the funny thing is is her family gave us all those uh ancestry.com dna tests and oh, really? so I'm thinking, gosh, should we should we maybe send these in before I think about proposing just in the yeah, slight yeah. chance? Now, <laughs> now you, you do know that um, it's like a like a cotton swab to the mouth, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, wait, there's not like a, there's not like a test tube or anything in there. Yeah, he's. He's doing a little more than pat himself on the back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we we who who Oh man, that's funny. Well, oh. you were right. It was almost nine minutes in before we got into. We got into a little rhythm. Well, that's all right. Like I said, it's a new year. It's an it's an always an exciting time if you ask me because for the first couple of weeks you're like, bam, this is going to be the year. Like for ramp check, we're going to do so much more. We've got so much coming, and uh, and then usually after about two weeks it calms down a little bit. But I want to keep that energy going all year long. Oh yeah, yeah, I agree. And I and totally agree. if you want to keep that energy going with us. Then, of course, uh, you can check out our Instagram page, our Twitter, our Facebook, at RampCheckGlobal. Don't forget the uh, hashtag RCGRampSwag. Um, That's right. And uh, someone's been, like, trying to hack our Instagram and stuff, so well, I it, haven't been on there so, in a while. I know. It's so weird. I, I, I think I may have figured out what, what was going on, mm-hmm. and I think it's a, a link between... Because on Instagram, when you post something, you, you can include like Twitter and Facebook, and mm-hmm. um, but it seems like whenever I've done that to include Twitter, there's like something between how Twitter and Instagram are communicating that's causing a problem. Because okay. ever since I, the last like four or five posts that that we've done, we mm-hmm. have not linked it to our Twitter account, and it hasn't uh, detected anything suspicious. So. 
I don't know. It's weird. I, you know, I don't know if that's the solution or not, but, Mm -hmm. but anyway, so if you're following us on Twitter, you're probably not getting everything right now. Um, so you might want to check out our Instagram or our Facebook, but, um, but anyway, so that's that issue. But anyway, let's, uh, let's start talking about aviation. Okay. Sounds good. Oh, one more, one more thing though, going back to, uh, the hashtag RCG ramp swag. Um, make sure after you listen to the podcast, I guess you could do it now if you wanted while you're listening to the podcast, but, um, uh, go into Apple podcasts, uh, subscribe, uh, give us a five-star rating, write us a review, include the hashtag RCG ramp swag. Hello. I can talk. (laughs) And, um, just remember we could pick you out at random and you could get some of that ramp swag, but, uh, exactly. We want to give away some stuff, some some hats, some stickers, some t-shirts. Um, we want to get the, you know, we, we're, we're trying to build this aviation community of you know, pilots, ramp workers, aviation enthusiasts, uh, photographers, I mean, you name it. If you, you know, eat, breathe and sleep aviation like we do. Then, don't forget um, poop. And I don't know why I said we like we do. <laughs> I don't know why I said that that way, but... It was probably the Ron Burgundy warm-ups we were listening to before we started <laughs> recording. But anyway, you know, what we're really maybe what we should just do really quick is is kind of just reiterate what this is all about, what the Ramp Check podcast is about, what Ramp Check is about for people that maybe just looked us up for 2019. You know, um so we're, we're just back about, in 2017 yeah, there was an idea. And that idea. Not quite that intense. (laughs) You you sounded like the movie preview guy. Like, I know. 2017, there were three brothers. And there was an idea. And in that idea was Ramcheck. Ramcheck was founded back in 2017. Go see the thrill action packed ride. The journey of Tony and Aaron and Ryan. Sorry. Well, now that we only have one listener left, we better explain <laughs> to them what we have going on. Um, Go ahead, you know, Aaron. We're aviation enthusiasts. We just promote and love aviation, any any aspect of it. And um, um, we're here to build an aviation community. Um, we want, you know, everybody involved. And uh, that's basically it. I mean, we, we've got some products that we've been working on for a while. We keep saying that are going to come out well, soon. Yeah. And let me, and let me just is. add this. Um, yes. You know, because <laughs> when I say there was an idea, there actually really was an idea. And that's, right, that's, right. that's the primary product that we're working on that we're hopefully will eventually launch here in 2019. We're, we're closest than we've ever been, but yeah. we don't want to sit around and just wait around. So we want the ramp check name to be loan or to be known uh, globally, <laughs> no pun intended um, <laughs> Exactly. between now and then. So when that product does launch, uh, you know, a lot of people will be like, oh yeah, I've heard of that. Those are those three crazy brothers on the, on the podcast. And, uh, I've got one of the Ram check, uh, hoodies in my closet right now. So anyway, that's, yeah. So Definitely. this oh, is kind of yeah, to get the word out there to let you guys know who we are. And we're real people. We're not just like three 
stiffs in suits you know i mean we're we've worked the ramp just like uh hopefully all you guys that are out there listening um we've been out in the trenches we worked in several different aspects of aviation so right here we We, are we've all we've all flown aircraft we've all been in aircraft we've all worked the ramp all weather conditions all climates um you know we've spoken to countless pilots um you know, we know pilots that are no longer with us because they have passed away, got killed in accidents. Um, you know, we know people that have had close calls. We know people that have actually saved people. Um, you know, our friend Hess, uh, you know, he flies mm-hmm. every day saving. So, you know, it's just it, it's it's cool to be a part of the aviation community. And there's a lot of pride in it. everybody that's involved in it just loves it and it's just part of your blood i mean once you get it in your blood it's just it you know you just you you just can't be without it and um and really the world couldn't even be without aviation there's so much aviation brings to everybody even just the you know the common person that has nothing to do with aviation Mm -hmm. um you know it's uh it still touches their some aircraft your life is functioning so easy today. I mean, and that's basically what it is. And, and, and that aircraft was built by somebody. It was designed by somebody. It was fueled by somebody. It was flown by somebody. It was maintained by somebody. Um, and that's what's so cool about aviation. There's so much involvement. The lab and, was uh, dumped by somebody. Yeah, exactly. Just throwing Every- that in there. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, so that's, that's what we're about. And, um, yeah, join the ride. Let's uh, let, let's all connect. Uh, stay connected. We've definitely been um, reaching out and talking to more people uh, through social media, um, commenting on photos, and we love some of your photos. Um, we've had people hashtag uh, our ramp check global, um, even um, tag us in photos, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. And um, who's that? And we appreciate that, and we love those photos. Keep doing that. Who's that guy up in Salt Lake that uh, alerted us to the IL seventy six that was up on the ramp? Yeah, yeah, and he he <clears throat> he got us some pictures, and we just posted them, um, which is really cool. One thing that that happened this week that I thought was really funny is that there was an aviation photographer, and uh, he's over in Europe. Um, I won't mention his Instagram or anything. But uh, um, he had a really cool picture that I loved. And, and um, you know, he has a lot of followers. And, you know, I've commented on his pictures or whatever. Well, so anyway, so one of his photos, you know, I put his photo credit across the photo. So it didn't look like we were trying to steal it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I posted it. And the guy, like, commented and was like, Please ask before sharing. It's like, oh my god, dude, give me a fucking break. I mean, that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And Please if, ask if before you're sharing. Offended, if and you're offended because because you think that it's proper, or whatever, look, we're all in aviation together. As long as we give each other credit for photos, because I know photographers can be weird about their photos, but when you're in a social media environment, you're going to have people repost your photos you're going to have people save your photos and as long as credit is fully given which we always do right then there should be no problem and so i just deleted it and stopped following the guy so yeah that's a good idea 
Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> I wasn't gonna be like a jerk about it, but he's it's, probably it's so annoying. He's probably you know? a Brit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, nobody's that important where we can't share our own work. Wow, I know, right? So anyway, I thought that was stupid, but but anyway, um, I so I, I just have a quick question. Yeah. Ryan, are you still with us? I'm still here. <laughs> spin. Did you want to add anything? I know no, it's just been me and Aaron back. No, there. you guys are fine. You guys have a lot to say. New Year start. I'm good. <laughs> but thank you for thinking about me. Oh, you're you're welcome. <laughs> Would you like to say something now? Oh, I thought you were gonna say something else. <clears throat> like you piped in, like you're gonna say something, but. No, I was just listening to everything you guys were saying, and like when I would think about saying something, you guys would cover it. So we just, I like that lots of people are sending us photos now. I like that people are tagging us. Um, you know, I have a friend who, uh, his name's Sam Allen. He took a few photos of a an IL seventy six, and uh, yeah, we we mentioned that a minute ago. Are you sure you were here? <laughs> well, no, I thought you were talking about the guy that he told us it was there but the actual photos so there were two different people that told us about there, the there were two different people oh told see us. i didn't yeah. know that okay okay so so that's the one i thought you were talking about aaron um okay i the, gotcha the ops the ops manager was who we got the photos from which we asked his permission about the photos so it was of course. Kind of interesting that you know please ask before sharing well that was a situation where yeah, I don't understand that either. It's like if you're posting something for everyone to see, then why do you care if more people see it? I guess. Well, especially I if we share it and give him credit for it. Well, that that's that's the key thing is is the credit. Yeah. You, you you have to give credit wherever you find a photo. That's like when we post something from like Boeing or like a press release photo or something. We always say photo is from Boeing or yeah whoever it's from mm -hmm. yeah and and sam is his name i used to work with him at millionaire years ago he was totally cool with it. he's like yeah go ahead he even said sometime he'd come on the podcast if we wanted to just have someone who works ops out there i have another buddy uh that works ops also named branson i'm sure he would come on and you know we yeah we, we've we're we've got this year we've got a, a good line of of, of um, aviation talent that we're definitely going to interview on the podcast that's one thing that we're going to do more of i know that the only guests we've really had on um are some of the air show um uh special you know interviews that we did with fast and and his wife and uh and some of the other guys and then also Hess. we did a podcast with him so but we're definitely going to do more of the, um, you know, the interviews because it's, mm -hmm. it, it is fun getting to know everybody and their little niche um, in the industry. Right. And, uh, you know, we'll oh, do definitely. more of that. Yep. Yep. We definitely. got that so, so anyway, um, so should we get on to like some, uh, some aviation news, some current events? Um, yeah. I think, yeah. A few I think, things have happened uh, since we last had our podcast uh some of them as recent as last week so right, right. just a why couple of you, days ago uh, why don't you start us off tony because you have a little bit of a uh a per, you know different perspective from ryan and i on one of the news items right well um <clears throat> if you're into aviation at all and even if you're not 
uh, chances are if you've flown, you've probably flown Southwest Airlines um, at some point over the last uh, 40-some-odd years. Um, I guess we're even getting close to 50 years, uh, actually, with Southwest. But um, a lot of you heard that uh, the founder and uh, former CEO of Southwest Airlines, Herb Kelleher, uh, recently passed away. Um, And, you know, that struck uh, kind of a personal chord for me uh, because I worked for Southwest Airlines uh, for several years and um, got the pleasure to meet Herb a couple of times. And uh, it just... Right, just, right in the prime of, of his career, too, with Southwest, right? Well, it was because this was back around 1993, um, right around the time that uh, Morris Air, which is where I had started, and a lot of people uh, here in Utah who work who currently work for Southwest Airlines, um, I'll bet you could go to a group of 20 of them and, and maybe a third of them. I, maybe that's a little high. I don't know. But maybe a third of them would say they got their start with Morris Air. And then when Morris um, merged with Southwest Airlines, or I should say Southwest Airlines probably more likely acquired Morris Air. Um, and then a lot of us uh, uh, went over to continue to work with Southwest Airlines. I was lucky enough to be one of those. Uh, I was a reservations agent um, with Morris Air at the time and then uh, was hired over. And then I eventually promoted to be a reservations training instructor and got to travel and do a few, you know, open up a few different reservation centers. Um, But uh, I remember the first time that I met Herb uh, and... It was never Mr. Kelleher. He insisted that you called him Herb. And <laughs> usually cool. when you saw Herb, he had um, he had a glass of wild turkey in one hand and a cigarette in the other. That's just kind of <laughs> how he was. And yeah. uh, um, well, and he I, was I mean, he wasn't he just known for, you know, creating like a corporate culture where. You know, and even a cult, a uh, I can't even talk. It wasn't a culture, a a culture (laughs) um, company wide where, you know, employees basically they're well known for taking themselves lightly, but their jobs seriously. Well, I'll tell you what, that's what he was like. So that's what was so cool. So I graduated from high school in 1986. And so we're talking about 1993. And, you know, the funny thing is I'd worked, you know, I'd been in the military. I had worked in broadcasting and the aviation industry. But when I first started, or I did not hear the word culture when it came to an employer until I started working for Southwest. Yeah, that's awesome. It it is. And and that's exactly what it was, is it was a culture. You know what? You know your shit. You do your job. You do it well. And the rest of it just kind of falls into place because there's going to be a time to have fun. There's going to be a time to have serious uh, or be serious. But, um, and the thing about Herb is, you know, he, he took what he was doing very seriously. He took himself pretty seriously, but then, you know, I mean, here's the CEO of your company that's showing up to address everybody in a speech and, you know, he's got booze and a smoke while he's doing it. (laughs) I know. I know. And, and so, yet, I mean, really, like that—that's not necessarily promoting booze and smoking, but 
the 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 culture of just being yourself it, and that's um, exactly what it is that's who he it, was it, 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 exactly and and that's awesome and there's there's you know nothing wrong with that that's great and no i think that's what the aviation industry actually needs more right. is let's all be ourselves but the problem is there's too many of you that take advantage of that and then don't do your job when it needs to be done and that's why there's so much clashing going on with with how much you're being paid mm-hmm. with the you know the work schedule the work right. you know flow everything it's it's because Unfortunately, there are those among us that don't take it serious enough to know the difference between when it's okay to to be yourself and this and that, and then when it's okay that you really need to focus and get the job done. And if everybody would just take that point and just and live that mm-hmm. and create a culture of enjoying yourself, mm-hmm. but at the same time getting shit done when it needs to be done. Yeah. I really think everybody would have that Southwest airline experience. Well, it's um, called it's I, called I, the I Southwest working. spirit. Last yeah, week there you when go. he uh, passed away, I, I was just, you know, doing some article reading and just to touch on what you just mentioned, I remember reading something that talked about um, he was really known for kind of the culture of for employees taking themselves lightly, but their job seriously. And mm-hmm. I thought that was a really good way to put it because, you know, you could have fun and enjoy the job you're doing, but you have to take the job seriously, but you can just take <laughs> yeah, I know. lightly, I, you know. I just said that like five minutes ago too. Are you sure you're on the podcast, brother? <laughs> you said those exact words? Exact words. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, well it's so but, funny. I mean, it's so, an important point though. Why not? Why not hammer it? That 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 <laughs> culture that you're talking about, they had it was literally it was called Southwest Spirit. And yeah. one of the things that was my responsibility as a training instructor is, you know, I'm teaching a class of about 30 people uh, about every 6 weeks or so. Um when these people would get hired on with Southwest, they they would get the job offer they would be handed a packet of information that they needed to memorize before they showed up for training for day one. And the other thing too is this was six weeks of unpaid training. They were on their Damn, own time. It was, it yeah. was all unpaid back yeah, then? It was unpaid. That's just that and and we kept these classes full continuously. And that was just how badly people wanted to work for Southwest Airlines because of the reputation of what a great company it was. Um and how well, well they uh, took care of their employees. Ryan? So I just want to read a quote by him unless one of you have already read it. <laughs> I don't know, maybe. Because <laughs> apparently I must have lost the connection for a minute, but um, <laughs> this was just by Herb himself. He just said, quote, um, your employees come first, and if you treat your employees right, guess what? Your customers come back, and that makes your shareholders happy. Start with employees, and then the rest follows from that, end quote. And yeah. I, I couldn't agree with that more. I mean, obviously, we're talking from an employee's perspective, but... Um, I got to say, just from working out on the ramp as many years as I did, um, there was a huge line uh, to work 
the ramp for Southwest Airlines because everyone loved it. Everyone mm-hmm. loved their job. People enjoyed their pay, their benefits. I mean, we're all wearing certain gear and certain uniforms, and these guys are wearing like blue coverall jumpsuits, you know, with the big heart on the back. Yeah, yeah. You or know, it just, shorts I never and sweatshirts met... and exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I never met anyone that worked for Southwest when I was out at the airport that didn't enjoy it. So. He obviously did something right. Well, and one thing I wanted to say, uh, well, first off, uh, the benefits themselves. So so we know how just ridiculous healthcare is right now. Um, yeah. And so when I worked for Southwest Airlines, I had full medical, full dental, uh, mental health, all that stuff for me and my kids. And I think I paid just over $20 a paycheck for it. Yeah, yeah. that's crazy. No, I don't know that I, I have no idea. And I can't speak for Southwest airlines now because I don't, I don't I don't know what they charge, but I'm betting that their benefits package is still pretty excellent because they take good care of their, of, of their employees and getting back to Herb, I knew he had my back. And the reason was, and, and you get that quote and this might be from the same article, Ryan, but, uh, Herb Kelleher said at one point during an interview or, uh, you know, an article or something that, um, you know, a lot of companies and I'm 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 paraphrasing here. So don't. Yeah. Um, but right. the customer is not always right. And in fact, the customer is frequently wrong. But yeah. again, it's backing up your employees, and if the employee's in the wrong, that's great. But it's just it, it was finding that balance uh, where the employees were just as important, if not more important, than the customer. Yeah. Um, well, and in, in, in the in the aviation industry, you know, especially the airline, mm-hmm. um, you know that that alone probably is more important than anything because you know we've talked about in past podcasts, you know people that just don't understand aviation and take it for granted. Um, you know, they'll, they'll, I've, I've seen people yell at gate agents. I've seen people yell. At, I mean, you know, for their plane being delayed because they had to change a flat tire or, you know, a weather delay or something. It's like, you know, again, it, it just goes back to that whole thing about people taking it, you know, mm-hmm. the passenger, and the customer taking uh, the industry for granted. And yeah, I mean, you take care of your employees and, uh, you know, you back them up like you just explained. And some of the things that Ryan just said, it's, you know, you are going to have that culture of success. Right. And you look at what Southwest Airlines has been able to do over the decade. I mean, it's oh, yeah. just, I mean, still to this day, I mean, I, you know, you guys know, I mean, I, I fly my kids from Arizona to Utah all the time, and I'm always using Southwest mm-hmm. because not only are they the most affordable, but they have the most, like, choices of flights. And yeah. their fees are low. You know, they they want their customers. I mean, I've compared it with other airlines that, that you know, I've flown other airlines too. Um, and it's not that I'm you know, against other airlines, but for crying out loud, there is one airline that flies. I won't mention names. I don't want to talk bad about anybody, but, but from a flight, when you have kids under the age of 18, um, 
they want to charge like a hundred and fifty dollar flat fee just because they're naughty right. to fly without an adult. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I like you're kidding me. That 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 take care of like one and a half tickets that I pay on Southwest Airlines, and there's no extra fee for my kids flying from 12 to 18. Yeah, yeah. It's and like, so it's, it's like, like, are you serious? Like, yeah. For a parent that's already probably spending a lot of money to fly their kids unattended, because normally, normally in that situation, it's probably a couple of parents who have split up or divorced or something. Yeah. So you know that they're spending a lot of money and then you're just going to throw a fee on there because you're not with them. I mean, yeah, I know it does. It doesn't yeah. make sense. And I mean, well, you know, I mean, the other thing too, they have let me, the right charge, whatever they want. Well, they do. The, they the do. The market dictates, you know, if it's successful, but you know, who knows? Maybe they don't want kids flying on their aircraft and that's why they do that. Well, here's Maybe. the other thing too, is Southwest airlines, you know, like I mentioned, I don't know if you saw my Instagram and my Facebook post uh, when I found out about his passing, but I mentioned a cocktail napkin. And, you know, Southwest Airlines was founded on a cocktail napkin. And, yeah, but it wasn't well, just. What I heard was kind of a myth, but that's still kind of the story that I heard goes around, though. Right, exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. well, it's not like they wrote all the bylaws and the corporate, <laughs> you know, everything. It was an idea, and yeah. Yeah. It, it it was built upon by that by that idea. But Southwest Airlines set the standard for these quote unquote low cost, these low fare air carriers, um, and Southwest has been able to be successful because of their business model and the way they did it. These other airlines. They have to nickel and dime you for every goddamn thing that you, I mean, I you you even look at a Coke passing by down the aisle and they're going to charge you for it. You know, oh, yeah. would you like to drink that too? Well, it's going to cost you that much more. I I don't agree with all the nickel and diming and all that other stuff, but, but Southwest Airlines set the standard. He was the founder. He, he, he was a really cool man from, from the time that I worked for him, the brief couple of times I met him. I wanted to say that picture that I posted um, on our Instagram with me, uh, another guy, and, my, and Herb uh, in that picture, that was, that was shortly after the merger with, South, with Southwest Airlines and Morris Air. Oh, really? And uh, Morris Air was... Yeah, tell everybody what Morris Air was, because there's probably a lot of people around the... Well, Morris Air started out as a travel agency. Um, A lady lady by the name of June Morris started a travel agency, and then she recognized the fact uh, June Morris and Dave Neeleman, you might have heard his name thrown around uh, in aviation um, a few times. Yeah, he's he's actually starting a new airline again. United States. Yeah, and I wanted to I wanted to chat about that a little bit yeah, while we were yeah. while we were here. Anyway, but, go um, ahead. So they started up a charter service, Morris Air Service, um, that basically there's okay. If you don't know much about Utah, there's a lot of Mormons in Utah, and Mormons are known for having big families, and big <laughs> Mormon families are known for loving Disneyland. So. <laughs> yeah. There wasn't really. It seems like every goddamn suburban in Utah has Mickey ears on. <laughs> right? They've got the little or stick minivan. figure family with their mini yeah. and Mickey Mouse. Or ears. Minivan. <laughs> so, anyway, 
um, Morissere basically started these charter services from Salt Lake City to Orange County, you know, to Southern California. Um, and then they expanded and expanded. And then they became an actual scheduled airline. And then that's when, you know, shortly after that, Southwest Airlines came in because there was really no competition from Salt Lake City. All it was back in the day was Western Airlines and Delta Airlines. And yeah. then, of course, and Western and Delta merged. Western. Exactly. So there yeah. was no competition. Um, anyway, so you were getting like these $49 fares from Salt Lake to to Orange County, John Wayne Airport, you know, $49 to Los Angeles. And then it just kind of expanded a little bit more and more and more. Um, so anyway, after the Southwest acquisition of Morris Air, they named an aircraft after June Morris. And one of their brand new 737s um, was named June Morris. And I think, I, I don't know if it's still flying around or not because... Uh, Probably not. It was you're probably seeing, like a 300 series. Yeah, well, I was just going to say, you're seeing less and less 300 series flying. But anyway, so he was there at the ceremony. That's when I got to meet him. Well, several months later, um, they were having a company-wide Christmas party uh, in Phoenix. And I flew in, and uh, Herb remembered me, called me by name. And that was one thing that Herb always did as well, is he never forgot a face. And he never forgot a name that went with that face. And that's just one of the other really cool things about him. Um, but yeah, uh, but anyway, cool. um, I didn't want this to be a 37-minute long commercial for Southwest Airlines. But <laughs> I worked for them. I had a wonderful experience. Uh, Herb Kelleher was an icon when it came when it comes to aviation or the airline industry in the United States, and I, I think it was worth a little little bit of time. So, anyway. <laughs> yeah. well, that's cool. No, kudos to Herb, man. He's I I can remember you know when when he was the guy and all the you remember how awesome the Southwest Airlines commercials were all through the eighties uh, oh, yeah. and nineties on TV. Like they were so funny and right. And, I remember the one with the girl like hula hooping with her neck. Oh yeah, that that whole group of executives in the, in the executive room. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, great, awesome. Yeah. No, kudos to Southwest. Well, and and the one Over when they've got the news guy interviewing the guy in the passenger terminal, ask him all these questions about an airline. He's like, "Yeah, would whales fly?" And then you see Shamu taking off. In the background. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> no, that's yeah. awesome. And uh, and one of my one of my favorite ones though was. Um, it was for the Kansas city chiefs and they, they just, you know, finished painting the field and it says the Kansas city chefs. And then it's like, want to get away? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Those, those want to get away commercials were great. (laughs) Yeah. They're pretty awesome, but it's just, it, and it just goes, it just circles back to the overall culture. I I wanted to add one more thing about Herb that I was, I was going to share earlier, but I forgot. Um, do you guys remember that trip that we took when we went down to uh, Space Center Houston? Oh, absolutely. So it was us and the little kids and, and everything. So I don't know if I told you guys this, but about a month later, um, I got a letter from Herb himself uh, because... A passenger that was flying from Oklahoma City down to Houston with us in the same terminal 
I guess was having a really bad day or something, but he wrote a complaint letter to Southwest Airlines about me and my family and everybody and saying that my kids were running around screaming and causing all this commotion and I was yelling at my kids at the top what? of my lungs and that Southwest Airlines employees should should be more responsible and and controlling their temper and their children and and that I should be fired because I was a disgrace to Southwest Airlines. So this was a few, yeah. So I did I never share that with you guys? Oh, I had no idea. I the never knew that. I'm hearing it. Right. So now I realize this was a long, long time ago. But do you remember anything crazy that stood out on that trip while we were waiting for our flight? Um. No, not specifically. Nope. Like, not, like the kids were all being shits, and I was yelling at my kids and everything. No, and, I. Right. I don't remember. I thought it was a pretty chill, easy uh, trip down to Houston and back. Right. And I was absolutely floored. So Herb wrote me a letter personally and enclosed a copy of that letter. And instead of, again, the customer's always right, instead of adopting that, he brought that to my attention and wanted my feedback on what had happened. And he asked me and just asked me to be honest. So if there was something that needed to be corrected in the future, it could be. Um, <clears throat> I could have either lost or had my flight benefits suspended if uh, he wouldn't have done that. Um, but he gave me the opportunity to just be honest and see if I remembered anything. And I actually got the gate agent that was there and she co corroborated my story that there were no incidents and it was basically um, <clears throat> maybe maybe one of the kids was running around a little bit and we had to just say, hey guys, you can't do that. And maybe it rubbed somebody the wrong way and they were having a really bad day. But any at any rate, the, the conclusion was from Herb, he said, you know, Tony, there's two sides to every story. Just just make sure, and I'm sure you are, but just remember to, you know, hold yourself in high regard as a representative of Southwest Air. So I just thought that was really cool. Another way that, that Herb had my back, you know. So. Yeah, and, and what a difference from a lot of these douchebag aviation managers these days that yeah, need to right. be replaced. Oh, all okay. they would have done is they would have heard that, and then they would have either either fired you or you know, suspended your travel benefits or whatever. Oh, uh, I don't, yeah. I don't exactly. actually ever really ever remember you even yelling at your kids at all throughout your life. <laughs> yeah, I really, yeah, I know. exactly. Jen and Anth were always really good yeah. kids. Well, and you're just not a yeller. Like when your kids piss you off, you don't yell at them. So yeah. Yeah. And I would have remembered something like that if something. Well, and I certainly would have too. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, that, that's well. And, weird. and, and we all we all knew that we were flying on buddy passes, and so you know you have to be respectful uh, when you're doing that anyway, and you Absolutely. can't be causing shit. Absolutely, you know, and it, it's yeah, that's that's crazy. Well, and out of all but the anyway, benefits that, that and everything, you know the the way the airline industry is now, yeah, pay's not the greatest, the benefits aren't the greatest. So the only reason why you're working for an airline for probably 70 or 80% of the employees out there is for the flight benefits. Yeah. And so yeah. 
you yeah, know, there are people that, that straight that that means that you take a trip and you fly legally. You don't just take an airplane up for a spin. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that that wouldn't be considered uh, flight benefits. That would be considered aircraft piracy. <laughs> okay. Yeah, <that's> <laughs> All right, so I'm sorry, enough of that. Anyway, uh, rest in peace, Herb. Godspeed. Thanks for touching my life and uh, uh, so many others out there. So Yeah, cool. All right, moving Amen. on. Amen. I'm doing a cross in the air. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Brother Ryan. That's right. Blue skies and tailwinds, Herb. <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. All and right, no well, ground delay guys. programs. <laughs> what's next on the agenda uh well since we talked uh briefly about dave neeleman brought his name up um uh maybe aaron you can touch a little bit on uh his new uh project yeah for sure um so for those of you that don't know um um he is actually um I always pronounce his name Neilman. Is it Neilman or Neilman. what? I, I've always pronounced Neilman. I guess I. It, what's funny is our other business. We actually, um, um, his brother is married to one of our customers in another business that we own. That we did some work at their house, <laughs> which is oh, really nice. funny. So I, you know, there's a picture of him and his brother, and they look actually really similar, but. But anyway, um, and I thought I pronounced that Neilman too. But anyway, so um, he's uh, he, he's well known for um, he was actually co-founder of Morris Air mm-hmm. in Salt Lake with June Morris. Um, he uh, started WestJet. Um, that's uh, they're out of Canada. Uh, JetBlue, we all know JetBlue here in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, Azul, which is down in Brazil, right? Which um, that means blue in Spanish. Th- that's that's right isn't that funny you see the little correspondent there jet blue and azul so anyway um, now wait a second there. isn't isn't zool the the bad dude that sigourney weaver's waiting to show up in ghostbusters oh zool yeah, showed up as a female zool. right <laughs> <laughs> anyway sorry yeah anyway you're right this is ah not just Zool. Ah, okay. So, okay. Um, Are you anyway, the Tap Air Portugal. Um, so anyway, but he's going to start um, a new airline in the United States. Um, he's actually seeking funding right now, about $100 million of investment wow. money. And my bet is that he gets every dollar of it because he's proven <laughs> and time some. and time again <laughs> that he can do it. But supposedly the airline's uh, going to be called Moxie. And, um, wow, that's cool. Yeah, well, well, I guess I guess uh, it's not supposedly it's not um um it. Now I read I read right now that that Moxie is a kind of a code name. Yeah, exactly. Is that right? That's kind of, <clears throat> that's kind of the feeling that uh, that you get when you read about it, and you know. Um, but anyway, so that'll be interesting to see that happen. Um, mm-hmm. you know, over the next, you know, several years, cause you know, it takes a little while to get an airline going. Oh yeah. Um, but he's got but, a pretty decent track record, so I'm sure it'll be just fine. Right. Exactly. That's, that's what I think too. Um, but the interesting thing is too, is that, um, the, um, air finance journal, mm-hmm. um, 
I think it's an industry journal about aircraft and all that. They they reported that uh, Nilman already placed a non-binding order for 60 of those new Airbus A220 aircraft. Which is um, formerly the Bombardier C-Series, correct? That, that, that is correct, yeah. And they're, <clears throat> you know, it's a short to medium range jet between 100 and 150 passengers. Mm-hmm. Really good looking aircraft, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it is, actually. Um, but, um, you know, so we don't know at this point if that's going to be for Moxie or if it's going to be for JetBlue. Because I actually read an article that said that the, that order was for JetBlue. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, but I don't know. So maybe it's the airline. Well, um, because with JetBlue, cool. uh, JetBlue has a handful of the um, the Embraer EMB 190s, right. and um, right. they're exactly. speculating on whether they're going to be replaced with those or not. Uh, right. Anyway, yeah. So I read that in that article as well. So that would be cool to see another startup from Dave Nieleman. Um, right. You know, uh, he was. Uh, just a note about JetBlue. He uh, JetBlue was actually the first airline to have live uh, satellite television available um, for their passengers. And if you remember that JetBlue flight that had to uh, land at LAX, um, had made that emergency landing because the nose gear was cocked ninety degrees. Oh yeah, and yeah, that's right. and that. all the passengers were watching the same coverage on CNN or whatever other televisions. They're watching their plane as they're landing. That's so funny. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I mean, luckily yeah, I that turned that, out great. I guess that would answer the question: If you're on the plane, what's going on when you see all the outside footage of it flying around? Yeah, exactly. Right. So exactly. Um, so yeah, that was just um, one of the very few things that that yeah. uh, that they did. So cool. Um, one thing I wanted to add too is, um, you know, Airbus has has continued to you know try to make a presence here in the United States because you know it's a big market. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they actually plan on building the C series aircraft, which is now rebranded the the a220 series aircraft mm-hmm. um here in the united states in alabama so yeah i read that too. um uh, yeah. yeah yeah so they're going to be building that which, which is cool that you know a lot of jobs down there in mobile alabama where they're going to do that um so it's always good to see you know people um you know, getting jobs, keeping right. jobs, building more aircraft well airbus already builds um which aircraft is it in Alabama? Because I, what, from what I understand too, they're just going to be adding on to that facility in order to build the A two twenties. Correct? Yeah, I would guess it, they're probably A three twenties in mobile. We'll I, have I think, to we'll have to yeah, look it up. We'll have to verify that. I don't know if that, one of you see. can look that up on your phone. Maybe Ryan, if you can look that up. But if you remember, um, about a decade or so ago, um, Boeing Airbus had a really contentious. Um, competition to build the United States Air Force new uh, tanker mm-hmm. to replace the KC-135 and the KC-10. Right. And uh, um, Airbus was committing to build their tanker version, which is based off the A330 aircraft. Um, they were going to build that in Alabama. Oh, yeah. And I think exactly. that's what kind of got the whole mobile Alabama talk going. Mm-hmm. Um, they may or may not have had plans for 
you know, a, uh, excuse me, a, um, a three twenties or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm not really sure. I have to go back and and look at that. It looks like it's the a three twenty, uh, in, in Alabama. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah. It says the air a three twenty family is what it says. Oh, okay. So they must build all, all kinds of a three nineteens, a three twenty ones, all that. A three eighteens. Yeah. But anyway, going back to that tanker competition, um, Airbus actually won that tanker competition and <laughs> right? successfully protested it. And they're like, hey, you know, there's all these, you know, I mean, there were politics involved. There were all kinds of shit. Well, they did, like I said, got it successfully overturned. Then the Air Force is now purchasing the, um, you know, the KC-46 Pegasus, mm-hmm. which is based on the 767-200 right. uh, freighter right. version. Um, which I love. I mean, I, I'm always a huge Boeing advocate. Absolutely. Um, you know, but um, but anyway, so that that's a little history there about mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, Airbus manufacturing here in the United States. Cool. So but, um, one other thing to touch on uh, quickly before we do the uh, aircraft challenge. Yeah. Um, since winter uh, seems to have finally arrived everywhere just uh just you know just want to uh bring your attention to uh working outside winter ops being careful uh being safe out there um i love that video that you sent us ryan um that was uh to that christmas song baby it's cold outside with all the freezing footage the defrost or the uh, de-icing and the and (laughs) that a320 basically doing a 360 on the taxiway <laughs> yeah it's crazy yeah, I, I know it's so funny but uh you, you truly haven't shit your pants until you've been marshalling an aircraft and it tries to stop and it can't because the ramp is just a sheet of ice right <laughs> yeah that's that's freaky dude well or <laughs> or even driving around on a tug uh maybe towing an aircraft um you know, you just got to be super, super careful out there. You don't need to, especially when it's winter uh, outside, you don't need to be going super fast. Um, no. Just be. Well, and it's probably, it's probably a good time just to remind everyone that travels too that just the cold weather affects everything. Just be prepared for the aircraft to get de-iced. Be prepared if the weather's severe enough or there to mm-hmm. be some delays. Um, all you guys that are working the ramp, you know, just. Just slow down. A lot of the idiots I used to work with on the ramp, but there were also a lot of good guys. Um, accidents usually happen when speed was involved, like on a yeah. tug or well, and or especially in, in winter operation missions. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. it's just so. Just uh, slow down. Be careful. Be safe. Um, the de-icing is something that I promise is a requirement. Um, you know. And it's for your safety. Exactly. I mean, why why would that ever need to be risked at all? So just mm-hmm. be patient. Um, if you're super bored, just open up the window and give the the guy out spraying your wing a little wave. I used to love it when I'd have like little kids wave at me and stuff. And yeah, I know that was always fun. Yeah. It was so just just, fun. just to clarify, you can't really open the window and and wave. I meant open the the shade. The shade. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Tony. <laughs> no, because you know there's some ab geek out there that's like, you can't open a window. 
Well, there, oh, I'm Lord. glad you guys are specific, but um, yeah, so, I just hope you have a a, a guy the Eisen who's experienced, so he doesn't smoke smoke you out and spray into the APU, right? Oh, right, <laughs> yeah. the APU inlet. <laughs> yeah, I know, and yeah, and being safe on the ramp too, you know, during the just like you were saying, you know, take it slow. Um, you know, dress warm. Um, mm-hmm. That's one thing I remember. There were several times where I did not dress warm enough, and I would get so cold, and it was so miserable. But if you, you know, layer up, um, have a couple pairs of gloves, one that you can have in the line shack, staying dry while you're working, while the other ones are getting, warm, and then you can switch them off. Um, that was always important. Um, but you know, just r- real quick, as far as de-icing goes, and there's probably some you know, some aviation newcomers and maybe just some aviation enthusiasts that don't really know, you know, what de-icing is. And, and, you know, it's basically, it's just a heated glycol. Like it's kind of like antifreeze you put in your car. It's a different type of glycol. It's not the same, Mm -hmm. Um, but it is a glycol chemical. It's got Um, that sweet maple syrupy smell to it. Yeah. You, you heat it up to 180 degrees and the whole point of it is, is you spray it on the aircraft, okay, and specifically on the flight control surfaces. That's mm-hmm. where it's really critical to get any ice, um, any debris, any frozen rain, um, any snow um, off of the aircraft. Because when an aircraft flies, especially during takeoff, it's very critical for the wing to be very efficient. And if there's any debris on the wing, any even a tiny thin layer of ice can disrupt the flow over the wing, the airflow mm-hmm. over the wing, and that affects lift. And there's actually been accidents in the past of aircraft not being de-iced or not properly being de-iced mm-hmm. um, that have actually crashed and people have been killed. So right. it's super important. If you have to de- if you're a passenger, you have to de-ice. Be thankful you're de-ice because it it it's going to save your life. It keeps you safe. Um, but that's basically what de-icing is. And mm-hmm. and sometimes if you're being a storm, um, they'll actually go over the aircraft with um, a different type of solution called Type Four, which is it's green in color. The Type One is like an orange heated color mm-hmm. uh, solution. Um, the type four anti-ice fluid is actually green. And the, the way that that is designed is to cover the flight control surfaces. So while it's snowing, it actually absorbs that snow. So it doesn't form another layer. And then the type four solution is designed to slide off the aircraft once it goes fast enough down the runway. Mm-hmm. So yep. then once there you get to that speed where you're going to take off, uh, there's no contamination on the wing. So it's actually a lot that really goes on at de-icing. That's pretty cool. But that's basically what de-icing is all about and why it's so important. And Ryan or Tony, if you want to add any. No, that's uh, if you want me to quote some FARs regarding that, I certainly can. <laughs> no, no, thanks. No, uh, no I, I mean... All I'll say is, you know, a lot of times um, you will have to do both, especially if the weather's either super cold or if it's continually snowing because 
both processes. One is called de-icing and one is called anti-icing. Mm-hmm. Right. So basically, you de-ice the aircraft to get rid of anything. And, and that's when you use the heated uh, the type heated, ones. Yeah, exactly. Right. And, and each. Oh, it, go ahead. And it that itself has a holdover time, which a holdover time is basically the the amount of time. And they use things like temperature and whether it's snowing, raining, all that outside. Or how heavy the precipitation's coming down. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And that's the time from when you start applying the fluid to calculate a time to when the fluid would not uh, work anymore. And in a lot of cases, you just have to do the type 1 heated and it lasts long enough. But if the storm is bad enough or if it's cold enough, you have to, what the hell was that? Oh, it was an aviation video. It was okay. an aviation video that popped up on our Instagram. Oh, okay. Sorry. But usually, anyway, just to finish what I was saying, the Type 4, uh, like Aaron said, it prevents the accumulation of of the aircraft mm-hmm. after it's been cleaned for a longer period of time. So if you ever see they're doing, they go around it twice, in a, in a one-truck scenario, that's why, or even in a two-truck scenario, they'll just, They'll do. They'll clean the aircraft first, and then they'll go back and and put the anti-ice on. But so that's the people who don't know. Right. And one more thing I want to bring up about that when you're talking about those holdover tables, is so the holdover tables will you know you determine what type of precipitation, what the temperature is, how heavy the precipitation. So when I was a dispatcher um, for SkyWest Airlines. Uh, you know, SkyWest Airlines uh, flew and still flies a lot of the CRJ-200. Um, now, I don't know if there's been any changes since then, but when I was a dispatcher there, the holdover tables, they did not allow for heavy snow. There was no holdover time for heavy snow. So yeah. whenever the airport would say, okay, it's heavy snow, our CRJ-200s couldn't take off. And people would be sitting in the 200 as the 700 and these other larger airliners just pass by and keep going. They'd get all mad. They wouldn't understand why they had to come to the gate and they'd get angry. Well, think about it. Okay. We're not going to take off or nobody's going to take off if it's not safe. And exactly. And there was no there was no documentation that a CRJ 200 could safely take off in heavy snow. There was nothing that said that could happen. The ironic thing about that is the CRJ-200, it's made by Bombardier up in Canada, and we also flew the EMB-120, or yeah, the EMB-120, the Brasilias, and the Brasilias could fly pretty much in any type of precipitation, and ironically, they're made down in Brazil. Yeah, I know. It's so funny. And, you know, I I think that maybe there was a little bit of changes with the CRJ-200 because I can remember several times when I was running de-ice operations Mm -hmm. in Salt Lake City, you know, we actually de-iced all of those SkyWest RJs, CRJs, Mm -hmm. and ERJs. And um, we actually de-iced and um, anti-iced CRJ-200s quite a bit. And maybe the snow just wasn't heavy enough to stop well, them so but, the uh, airport we, we never had to have a crj go back to the gate right because it was too heavy well it's pretty pretty rare but um yeah if if the asos or awas whatever you want to look at it is, is reporting 
heavy snow, which is a plus symbol, and then the letters SN, then with the CRJ200, you couldn't take off, period. Now, you could go at the end of the runway and wait, and then, and, and I remember we would listen and listen and call the ASOS, and as soon as it switched from heavy snow to moderate snow, they were good to go. And so, yeah. and I know there was a new procedure, or there was a procedure like with the CRJ 700, where as long as it was verified that there was like no contamination on the wing, that they could still take off as well. So, you know, there's different yeah. procedures. Each aircraft, each airline, they all have different procedures. They're all super redundant for your safety, period. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And, and when you're working the ramp and you're doing these, you know, uh, ice operations and nas operations just follow the procedures like get it done right don't take shortcuts I mean, the whole reason you're spraying that aircraft off and putting the anti-ice on is is for the safety of those passengers and exactly like, like their lives are basically in your hands well, I mean, when when you're shooting that type four after you've de-iced like make sure that whole surface is green like well, don't be chintzy. How, get it right how would you feel if at the end of a shift you found out that one of the aircraft that you de-iced crashed because right. because, because it wasn't de-iced properly or right. if it just exactly. crashed period then you think back to yourself can you honestly say to yourself that you followed every single step of that checklist to make sure that you did it correctly right. or is exactly. it going to be in the back of your mind well i kind of cut a corner here or there you know so anyway just yeah yeah for your safety anyway the safety yeah. of your fellow passengers so <laughs> cool um, all right well should we do aircraft challenge now and then uh let's wrap it up let's do it so we've only got a couple more rounds left of the aircraft challenge right brother yep we are in the elite eight wow right now so all right and so we're going to narrow it down to the final four Yep, we sure wow. are. Okay, now after we after we narrow it down to the final four, we're not going to reveal this to you yet, but we've got a little something special uh, planned for each aircraft in that final four, and uh, we'll we'll reveal right. that to you at a at a future date. But uh, uh, the three of us came up with a really cool idea about that, and I'm I'm excited actually to do that. Yep, cool. All, All right. right, Ryan, kick it off. Let's jump in. Northwest region, the XB-70 and the F-35. Oh, you got to be kidding. What? <laughs> These are all hard, so. Okay, wait a second, wait a second. It, can we do, can we do a ramp check reshuffle? <laughs> <laughs> nope. No, Damn it. No, no RCR. Right oh. now. So who's um, first? Oh, we'll just. We'll just all, we'll go youngest to oldest, and then we'll just keep, we'll do it how we always do it. So I'll go first on this one. Um, okay. Shit, maybe I shouldn't have gone first. Because I guess <laughs> think about. But um, I, I'm going to pick the F-35. Um, I think the, the only, the only thing that, about the XB-70 besides how badass it looks and everything is I just never really got to experience much with it. Um, I think what's helping me decide on this one is this last year where I've just seen so much of the F 35 now. And I just, 
am so impressed by it. I love how loud it is, how powerful it is. Um, all the pilots we've met have been badasses. Um, and that's not to say that that's not the same for the XP-70, but that's what I'm basing my vote. So I'm going to pick the F-35 to go to the Final Four. Hmm. So, oh, Aaron, man. Aaron, that's you're tough. up next. Oh, well, oh my God. So like Ryan said, we've, we've really kind of grown fond of the F-35 just with our experiences over the last year and, um, (sighs) and Hill Air Force Base being so close to us here in uh, Utah uh, in the United States. And, um, man, XB-70 has always been such an impressive aircraft being a Mach 3 bomber that never went into operation. Um, impressive technology. I, God, I, I don't even know. I don't even know what to say. Um, this is tough. Um, <laughs> I'm going to maybe do a two minute time limit on our, yeah, Aaron, I think, I think we're going to have, I know to, you're I, Aaron, Aaron, I know you're trying not to hurt my feelings. I know what you're going to say. Just fucking say it. (laughs) (laughs) Not that hurting my feelings has ever mattered to you in the past. I know. (laughs) What the hell are you talking about? I'm looking at pictures of the XB-70 right now, and I... Yeah, that that is a pretty badass-looking aircraft, but anyway. Time's up, brother. Um, You know what? I'm... I'm just gonna have to go XB70. Whoa! What? <laughs> Are you I'm really? To. I'm not <laughs> kidding. I I I think that is probably one of the coolest fucking airplanes I've ever ever seen. I've never seen one fly. Obviously, I haven't even seen one in real life. Um, I, I absolutely love the F-35, but if I can recall, the F-22 Raptor is still in the mix. So Ooh, I don't. Okay. I'm not as bummed um, at knocking out at least one fifth generation fighter. No, right? I, don't, I don't think the Raptors in the mix. Is it not? Okay. Anyway, I'm gonna have to go X70. It's okay. just too impressive to pass along. The uh, F35 just barely began, you know, began its operational uh, life. So we can vote for the F35 in the future. I really uh, didn't think it was gonna be up to me on that one. Wow, I'm floored. <laughs> The F-22 lost to the 747. Oh, that's right. Okay. (laughs) All right. Okay, so it's up to me. So how many F-35s approximately are out there flying now again, brother? Oh, there's there's several hundred. Um, Okay. So I I kind of figured that. So the XP-70, they built two and one of them crashed. Right. Mm -hmm. From pilot (laughs) from pilot error. And and that was from an external aircraft. It wasn't even a pilot error on the XB seventy. Exactly. But it was so damn expensive um that that was pretty much the doom. Um shit. Well, yeah. And so the bolt missiles and fast all kinds of stuff. Fast, don't stop listening to us, but I have the (laughs) XB seventy in my opinion, is the most iconic and badass-looking aircraft that I have 
ever seen. And I hope I to God that we get to go to Wright-Patterson Air Force Base soon so we can actually see one in person. I know. So, I agree. XB, I can't wait to see one. The XB-70 Valkyrie moves on. Yeah. Oh, moves on. Wow. That moves on with no disrespect to the F-35. Right? None whatsoever. Right. That, In fact... The F th- or the XB seventy is probably, and you guys can maybe disagree with this, is the only aircraft that would have beat out the F thirty five in this uh, challenge. You know, that's probably a good statement. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right, All Ryan. Right. What's next? All right, um, Southwest region. So on that same side of the bracket, we've got the B thirty six. Ooh. And going at another bomber, the B one. And Aaron, you'll go first on this one. Okay. Um, this is actually pretty easy for me. I'm definitely going B1. Um, you know, isn't it so funny? Here we go. The the Air Force's two, well, let's say the United States, the X-70 wasn't officially entered as, as a bomber, even though it was an ex-aircraft. But right. the two fastest bombers um, to fly for, for the United States, the B-1 and the XB-70, and, you know, the B-58 Hustler is a close third, but but I don't know. The, actually, you know what? I'm I'm incorrect saying that. Wasn't the B-58 Hustler Mach 2 capable? Mm, I don't know. We'll, ha- we'll have to look that up. Yeah, I'll look that up will. while Tony goes. Um, All right, so you anyway, yeah, I'm going B-1, just because okay. the B-1 is just one of the most badass aircraft ever. Right. Okay, so the B-1 is probably the second most iconic and badass-looking bomber out there. (laughs) So true. Oh, God. Um, I have to... I I could leave it up to you, Ryan, but I'm not gonna. I I have to go with the B-1 as well. Okay, well, that's okay, because if you would have left it up to me, that's the one I would have voted on. Um, Yeah. Yeah, there's just... I, I don't know. There's just some aircraft that have been built that you just look at and you're just like, mm-hmm. that's, that is just, I can't believe that was designed. It's too cool. Those guys that fly that thing must just love what they do. And yeah, it's just, it, to me, it looks like an airplane, an aircraft, excuse me, that was designed just to be like badass. Like, it's like someone sat down at the table and they're like, all right. Let's design just one of the most badass looking bombers that's ever been out there. And that's just what it looks like to me. So Yeah. It is. And, Sorry, B thirty six. And I, I just looked up the B fifty eight and that actually is a Mach two aircraft. It is. Yeah. Alright. Wow. Yep. Pretty okay. awesome. That is awesome. Um all right, northeast now, and Tony, you'll go first in this one. Okay. We have our only airliner in the final eight, um, the Boeing 747. Say no more. Um, <laughs> goes up against the, the P-51 Mustang. Oh, definitely oh. the Boeing 747. Again, one of the most iconic and badass-looking aircraft in the air. Okay, well, I go It just second. turned out that way. It's got to be the 747. So I'm going to I'm gonna shock you here. I'm... I'm going with the P fifty one. Dude. I do I love the seven forty seven, but I cannot go against the smooth sound and 
everything that I love about the P51. So uh, sorry to do that to you, Aaron, but um, you're going to have to see which one goes on next. I picked the <laughs> P51. Oh, my gosh. I cannot believe this. Um, we... <laughs> We seriously sound like the biggest man to do this. We're so dumb. We are nerds. <laughs> That's what makes That's it fun. That's why we started the I podcast. Know. I know. Like, we're stressing over. There's kids starving in Africa, and we're stressing over what it got to pick on our aircraft challenge. Dude, you just ruined it. You just ruined I the know. whole goddamn challenge. No, no, I'm hey. sorry. As soon as Ramcheck turns into a multi-million dollar company, we're going to help plenty of charities. And true, that's like true. That. We, can, right. we can do the ra- aircraft challenge uh, sponsor thing where we can yeah. sponsor and give to charity. But no, anyway, um, oh my gosh. I, I cannot believe that those two are up against each other. Um, uh, yeah, I don't envy you. Um, I've actually flown in both aircraft. So, right. Yes, you um, have. So maybe you're the best one to give the, oh, gosh. the final vote. I love... Oh, Lamp. I, <laughs> I cannot believe this. Um, well, I'm... I'm probably going to have to go with... In what way? <laughs> In what way? <laughs> oh my god. What do I do? Time's um, up, brother. I am going to say P51. No, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, that would just... probably be the first big upset in the elite. Yep. <laughs> And I absolutely love the seven four seven though. That's 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 yeah. iconic. But the oh Mustang's iconic too. That hurts. Yep. All, All right, right, Ryan. What's the last one, brother? All right, um, last one, and I think I go first now. No, yeah, this is a tough one too. Um, I. What? Oh yeah, I guess you do go first. Yeah, yeah, I go first. All right. Um, the SR seventy one goes up against the A ten. Ooh. Ooh, that's tough. Yeah, that it's tough, but it's kind of not. <laughs> yeah, I know. like kinda... <laughs> I don't know. I'm picking the SR71, but you know, the A10 is a pretty, pretty awesome aircraft. But yeah. I'm picking the SR71. All right, Aaron. Um, yeah, I mean, again, we're like in a situation where maybe the only aircraft that could knock out. You know the A10 as far as popularity might be the SR7, right? But yeah. um, I don't know. I, I I would have to say the SR71 as well, just because what it represented and its performance, and mm-hmm. that it's still like crazy what it was able to accomplish and do. Um, all built, manufactured, designed in the 50s. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's we'll just definitely still uh, crazy. Say the SR seventy one, even though no disrespect to the A ten. Exactly. Exactly. So, well, even though it doesn't matter, what would you have picked, Tony? Uh, I would have picked the SR seventy one as well. I, I All right. the A ten, and again, I think 
probably one of the only aircraft that could vote off the ATN would or the A ten would have been the SR seventy one. Are you getting the money a- out of the ATN? <laughs> yeah. Or the ATR. The ATR never made it on the board. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, so uh, that does it. The final four has been decided. The F-35 lost to the uh, XB-70 Valkyrie. Uh, The B-1, the P-51 Mustang, or the B-1 Lancer, the P-51 Mustang, and the SR-71 Blackbird all advanced to the next round. Is that correct, brother? Yep, that's correct. Isn't it crazy that every aircraft in the final four, like, None of them were built after, like, the 90s. <laughs> I know. Oh, wow. That's true, huh? Because wasn't the B-1 designed, like, a long time ago as well? It was designed in the 70s. Yeah. Oh, there you go. So nothing before 1970s then. Yep. Wow. So that's pretty awesome, though. It shows you how, in my opinion, how cool aviation is just because... Very true. came from and how it's evolved and it's exactly. pretty awesome. All so, those yeah, new we'll, super advanced we'll uh, aircraft are just so boring. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I just think it just goes into the nostalgia of aviation. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. you it love does. all the current because I'm telling you what, when we go cover an air show, I want to see an F-35. I want to see an F-22. Like, right. I just, that's like, I want to see those. And, yep. and yeah, it's just crazy yeah, yeah it's funny i hear you anyway well, um so as i mentioned uh next time on the ramp check podcast uh as we go into the final four of the aircraft challenge we've got a little something special planned for you to go along with uh each one of those aircraft um and so we're getting so close and i know that our spouses and significant others are so excited to find out who the winner's gonna be um (laughs) (laughs) but uh all right so uh before we say adieu uh aaron where can everybody find you on social media uh my instagram is at aaron rumfollow and that's a-a-r-o-n-r-u-m as in mike f as in fox a-l-l-o um you can also follow me through our instagram for ramp check global at ramp check global i post a lot of um the majority of the photos that are on there are all my original photos that i've taken here so that's pretty cool and a few um, shared ones <laughs> yeah yeah i know and a few borrowed ones that that uh, that are credited but anyway um so anyway yeah Go ahead, give me a follow, check out our stuff. And, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Keep keep the word um, on uh, the podcast to your friends. You know, pass it along. Yes, definitely. And Ryan, what about you? Just follow me at Room Follow Me, and also at Ramp Check Global. Simple, All right, simple, perfect. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter. At T Rum Follow, uh, the little brother spelled it out for you, so I won't make you go through that again. Uh, and of course, I'm posting as well uh, on behalf of Ramp Check Global at 
Ramp Check Global. Uh, find us on SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and of course, when you stumble across us on Apple Podcasts, oh wait, you already have because you wouldn't be hearing this if you hadn't, um, <clears throat> make sure you share it with your friends, subscribe, and uh, give us a five-star rating and a review and include the hashtag RCG Ramp Swag for your chance at some RCG Ramp Swag. So that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and don't forget to uh, um, message us. Don't forget to post, uh, you know, your pictures with yes. um, what am I trying to say? Tag us. God. Yes. Tag us. <laughs> Use the hashtag. We, right. we knew okay. what you were saying. Yeah, All right, uh, Ryan, time for your customary send off. So, signing off, everybody. Thanks for joining. We'll see you next time. Good day.